0: You are listening to the Mission Matters Podcast Network, where we amplify the stories of entrepreneurs, executives, and experts. Welcome to the Leaders Lab Podcast, where we unpack lessons from great leaders across all walks of life and turn them into actionable advice to help people on their own leadership journey I'm your host, Ken Eslick. On the show today, we have my friend, Sarah Jones. Sarah is a CPA in Texas, licensed by the IRS in all 50 states. She's also a certified tax planner. She's passionate about helping her clients achieve financial success, gain clarity in their business, and save on taxes. She's helped me a ton over the years. and uh, Welcome, Sarah. Nice to have you here.
1: Thanks so much for having me, Ken.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So, Sarah, I know that, you know, we introd you because of what you do for work, but like I'm more concerned or more interested, I guess, in how you got here. So can you walk us through what your journey has been, maybe, you know, even growing up and, and going through school and how you got to where you are now?
1: Sure. So doing it as as efficiently as possible. I'm from a tiny little town called Willis, Texas. So when people ask where I'm from, I always say Houston because they don't know where Willis is. Raised in here. And uh, I got married very young. My first husband was in the Marine Corps. So we were in Hawaii for two years. And then I went to Quantico for two years. I really kind of got started. Well, growing up, my, my grandfather was actually a really influential dental researcher. So he worked with NASA. He taught at UT. He put astronaut toothpaste on the moon in Apollo 13, very well known. So ever since I was little, it was always kind of written on me that I was going to go into medicine. And I don't think I've shared this if you can. So I always no. said I was going to be a doctor. And I got into my first college classes and I literally almost passed out when we had to dissect some stuff. And I was like, holy moly, I'm going to be an awful doctor. So I kind of went through a little phase where I kind of had always thought this is what I was going to do, had no idea of what I was going to do. And so I picked business. My undergrad, I did business because I was like, I have no idea of what I'm going to do. And it's kind of versatile. So I did that. After that, I came back to Texas, went through a really bad divorce. And I was a single mom. I stayed at the Department of Transportation here in Texas. I was a budget analyst for about 10 years. And through that, I was really became very motivated to go to graduate school and provide a, a good you know, life for me and my daughter because I was a single mom. So I put myself, I got my MBA in finance and uh, I graduated with only one B. I was very proud. I had a 3.86 and drank tons of coffee and stressed out, but I did that. And then I got a master's in accounting and then I got a master's in finance. And then I ventured out. I did some work in public hospitals. I did a private hospital and then I became a controller of a small medical facility. And then my last job, I actually was in a city. I'm not going to say the city in case people are listening to this that are from my area but my last boss threw papers at me and not just me. I mean, she threw papers at everybody. She was extremely stressed out, not a great leader. And, but I'm very thankful because I remember going home to my husband and I said, Phil, like, do you mind if I just, you know, try to go out on my own? And he was, I'll never forget what he told me. He said, Sarah, the worst case scenarios, you go out and let's say you really suck at it. You go get a job and you're doing exactly what you're doing now. And I like, that hit me and really stuck with me because it's like, okay, this is the worst case scenario. So I put my notes in and kind of built my business. And that was in May of 2018. I quit my full-time job and ventured out. And it was the scariest, most gut-wrenching experience. I'm extremely conservative and definitely was very much so outside of my comfort zone and my elements. But I will say that I absolutely love what we do. I feel like we make a huge impact for our clients. I kind of feel like i become a part of my client's business and their business family, and we help them grow. And it's just incredible. I'll definitely say that I I will never go back and be an employee or somewhere else. I really like being an independent CPA firm here in Texas.
0: Yeah. Well, one of the things that I mean, I got lucky enough to get introduced to you as you were breaking off on your own. I remember the first call we had, I think you were still working for the state. And then, like, the next call, you weren't like you, you told me you were about to go out on your own. And so that's been however long that's been, like, four years. But watching your growth has just been incredible. And it's kind of why I wanted to have you on the show because people want to know, like, what is it? What's the magic sauce? And I mean, I think it's kind of funny in your case, like, probably the worst boss you've ever had ended up being like the best gift you ever had. Right. Cause that was the catalyst to get you to Absolutely. do something different.
1: Absolutely. I really do feel like if she would have been, I don't say never, but if she would have been even a, just an okay boss, I would be there because it was right. a very comfortable pension, paid holidays, guaranteed security job. And I'm so thankful that she was not that way because I would still be there.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So let's go back a little bit if we can. So I just want to unpack some of this. So when you were, so you had a bad marriage, you had a divorce, you've got your daughter. How old was your daughter when you got divorced?
1: So we came back to Texas and she was about three and a half.
0: Okay. And so now you've got to get in the workforce. You've got to, you eventually go back to school. Like, how did you do all that? Like, how did you juggle all of that?
1: Well, I was extremely motivated. I will say that I think that there's two types of people. And I bring this question up to my husband all the time. What makes some people do something one way or the other? Like I could have taken my divorce or any situation and just said, you know what, man, this sucks and just been in it and dwelt in it. But I'll be honest, it pissed me off enough to know that I was in this situation that I was not going to stay in it. So I did. My interview, like literally, I think the first week I was back in Texas and I got the job with the Department of Transportation. I stayed there again for 10 years, but I immediately started my journey in getting my MBA because I wanted a better life for Chloe. So I remember I would drop her off at daycare, go to work all day. I worked eight to five. I'd pick her up we play and do stuff. And literally when she would go to bed, I would put on a whole pot of coffee and I would study literally almost every night. And it was hard, but I did it really good. And I think that going through that experience really showed me, and I don't say this to say that this is something I did, but anybody can do. If you, I tell my daughter this all the time, if I die tomorrow, what do you need to remember? She's like, I know mom have a good attitude and work hard. Like if you really set your mind to something, regardless of what it is, you can do it. Like you can't do everything. You have to pick what you want to do and give it focus, but you can do anything that you set your mind to.
0: I agree. But I mean, I think the one thing that really helps with it is when you have, there's a couple of things in your story that, that help a lot. One (laughs) is you did not want to stay in the situation you were in. So you had leverage. And number two is you had a vision pulling you towards something better. You know what I mean? So you brought hard work, you brought determination to that, but you were like, no, I'm not giving her this life. We're not settling for where we're at right now. And that's a big part.
1: Absolutely. And it fueled me because it, and again, Ken, I don't, I literally ask my husband this all the time, like. If they were in that situation, why? Like if I were in that situation, I wouldn't be there long. it It really did fuel me. And I think that's important for anybody that wants to grow for sure.
0: Absolutely so. One of the things that that I've noticed in your story is you've been all about achievement. You dig your way out, you find a way out. So you probably wouldn't classify any learning experiences as as failure. So I'll rephrase my question before I even ask it. But like, what's been your biggest learning experience at at this point? What's something that if you are faced with again, you might approach it a little bit differently?
1: So I will say, and I love that question because I don't think you know this about me either. When I first started out, I kind of worked alongside somebody, and we had really talked about doing a, a true partnership. And the issue I'm getting at is, I knew in my gut that it wasn't for me, but I was financially driven to potentially do that. And I would say, not listening to my gut has probably been my biggest failure, but has been something that has has really been the hugest return on, on any type of investment to learning to, you know, to actually listen to myself. In that situation with this gentleman, he was a, a dear friend and we ended up not partnering, but I kind of felt like I strung him along a little bit because I wanted to, but I knew in my gut that it wasn't right. And I should have just been completely up front because I didn't want to hurt his feelings, but I feel like if the way that I treated it wasn't genuine to who I am as a person, and it looks poorly on me. It looks like I was kind of flighty a little bit, and I'm not. But we shouldn't have partnered. We didn't. I trusted my gut, but I didn't trust myself enough to be completely upfront and transparent with him from the very get go. That's probably been my biggest failure, I think. But it's something I've learned a lot from.
0: Was that right when you were breaking out on your own? Is that was that the like it 2018? Was right-
1: it was,
0: yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I get it. I mean, it's cool that you learned from it. But I mean, here you are. You're somebody that, like you, you said earlier in your story, you value security, which means you value certainty. You're moving into this thing that is the most uncertain thing you've ever done in your life, right? Now you've got the support of your husband. You're starting to develop the mindset that, okay, if all else fails, I can always go back and take a job, but man, a partner provides some of that financial stability, right? So, I mean, I I think, so did you, were you able to make it right with him?
1: We did. We've made it right. We have had lunch and I actually send him a Christmas present every year because I'm so grateful for the experience because it truly teach me so much.
0: So what's one thing your journey has taught you that you think everyone should learn at some point in their life?
1: Oh, man, if uh, that's hard to just pick one, I would say because we talked a little bit last time, I would say I would default to my answer of what I talked about before, is knowing, I think it's one thing to be successful in your craft, like I'm a CPA, and I'm a darn good CPA, I'm not tooting my horn, but I'm good. And I'm passionate. It's a whole other ball game to run a CPA firm with employees, and be a leader. That's something that ex- was extremely overwhelming to me, and I'd never done. I So like we did the Enneagram, and we actually have a coach coming in to do Enneagram training next Tuesday, I think, with our team. I am an eight, and I am a hardcore eight. You ask my husband, he'd be like, yeah, she's, she's a hard <laughs> And my husband's a nine, like the most non-hardcore person ever. My financial controller, who is my right-hand woman and who runs the show, is a six. So she's extremely loyal. She's very outspoken. And our personalities conflict a lot. And early on in our journey, we would have conversations and she wouldn't feel like she could talk to me about anything. And then she always felt like I was being rude and I didn't mean to, but it's because I'm an eight. So I would absolutely say if you've never done that Enneagram and found out what your personality is and how it relates to your team and even for your marriage, because it it's so spot on that like, literally we were dying laughing because it, it calls you out on your stuff, but it, it helps you to communicate in a way that you know how to communicate with somebody on your team in a way that it's going to be, you know, received well. And I can't say that's good about it for sure. Absolutely. That that's been a game changer just in our team.
0: Well, you know, what's funny, Sarah, sometimes, so I think you're absolutely right. Like you're going to have people as a leader, you're going to have to manage all kinds of personality types. and. Understanding other people's model of the world and how they approach things and like adjusting to that. Then there's this natural human nature thing of like when you're an eight and you meet another eight, you just go, I like her or I like him. And that's why I think you and I can chat so much because I just pulled up my Enneagram score. Guess what? Guess how? So they scored on a scale of one to a hundred. On my eight is a ninety-eight. So I'm (laughs) an eight as well. I'm an eight. I had really high scores in eight and three. And seven. Those were my biggies. And and that's exactly how I am. Wow. Okay. Cool. So it's easy though. That's what I'm saying. Like if one of us reported to the other, it probably wouldn't be that difficult because it's like, oh, I can just talk to Sarah the way I would want to be communicated to, right? But that's not going to apply to everybody. And so, yeah, really good to learn that lesson. There's a lot of other. I like the Enneagram a lot. Understanding people's human needs is really awesome too. There's a human needs assessment. We also work with the disc profile. The disc in conjunction with Enneagram can be awesome. So very cool.
1: I'm a commander and i have spot on as well.
0: Yeah, yeah. So cool. So tell me a little bit about, I mean, what's happened so far, especially since you started the firm, what's happened that you really didn't expect at all? Because I mean, I feel like it's really, you know, blown up in a great way. I mean, you guys have, you know, you just moved into a new spot. I know you've hired more people. Like, is it all just kind of unraveling as it happens? Is it still kind of surprising to you how much success you guys have had?
1: It's very very surprising and I'll tell you why. I feel like most people go and they do marketing and we have not. We completely organic 99% of our client base is from referrals. I feel like the reason why we're successful is because our heart is in the right place. And I don't mean that just to sound, you know, like a Hallmark station. I mean we really are passionate about our clients and making sure that they're strategically set up and doing what's best for them and their businesses and their family. I feel like in our industry, in every industry is different, but when I have a client come to me, the two complaints that everybody says is, I can never get a hold of my CPA. And then, man, I finally get a hold of my CPA, and I have no idea of what they're talking about. They don't talk to me in a tangible way. And I feel like that's where we shine, and I feel like that's what sets us apart. And we have we have grown exponentially, and we literally... The only form of marketing that I've ever done, we have a billboard. So we're right off of IH45, which is our main freeway. And we have a billboard for our new location. And that's it. And we have, I can't even, I mean, it's very, very amazing. But I think that's why it's because we kind of shine in an industry where there's a lot of unhappy clients.
0: Well, yeah. I mean, what's funny, you're in an industry where it was like, I can just do this myself. Right. I'm good with numbers. I didn't feel like the accountants I had worked with in the past were doing much more than putting stuff into software for me. Right. So, because I didn't know the difference between, you know, just having a, a regular accountant and an actual tax planner and things like that. It was funny because when you and I met and you don't have a salesy personality, but you don't need to. I mean, I think. You know, right. when we met, I remember you just said, Hey, uh, you know, good to meet you. Again, we got that Enneagram match. So it was easy to talk to you. But then you said, Just send me your last couple of years of returns and I'll let you know what I would have done differently. And you would have done, you know, you brought him back. You said, I could have saved you a lot of money. And I said, Great. Here's why. And it was very clear explanations of here's why. And the rest was history. And now, you know, I'm working with you on all kinds of things trust, right. estate planning, uh, foundation, things like that. and. You know, you're such a vital part now to our team, Sarah, that like on our company org chart, there's a box with just like four professionals in it that are like we consider part of the team. And your firm is one, you and your firm are one of them. Oh, you I know, yeah. It's for real though. I mean, I even want to meet with our team. I'm like, oh, you guys haven't met her yet, but Sarah's part of our team too. She's almost like our, you know, I almost <laughs> look at you as like a fractional CFO or something like that, you know, for, for the leaders up. Sure. So very cool. Well, let me dive into a few questions for you. So tell me, you're still raising kids. You've got, you know, the business, which is cranking. You've got, you know, you're married, obviously. What is your weekly schedule? Like, how do you balance all that?
1: So, and and I, that's a great question. I really, so it's hard. I'm not going to like sugarcoat it. It's very difficult. I feel like I go, I try to read all the books and wish for the magic pill to say this specific time blocking is magic and will change your life. And it's BS. I mean, it's, you have to plan it out and you have to walk what you plan out or it's not going to work. So what I try to do, does it always work? No. But what I try to do is from nine to 1 PM every day is kind of my number one time block whatever that looks like. If I'm trying to do like a digital product, or if I have a tax plan to get out, or if it's tax season, that's actually tax returns, whatever my number one priority is, I do that from nine to one. From one to five is the time where I am able to either work with my team, work with clients and have calls. I typically leave the office every night at five, from five to eight is kind of family time, dinner, things like that. And usually eight is bedtime for our seven year old. And then after that, I wanna say that I never watch TV, but I am a sucker for some real housewives of Beverly Hills. It's kind of <laughs> downtime. Me and Bill we'll, will, you know, connect and, you know, maybe we read or, you know, just kind of free time. Does it always work? Absolutely not. You know, kids get sick, things happen, but I will tell you that I do very well in a time block mindset for sure.
0: I do too. And last time you and I talked, you gave me the titles on some books. And it's funny, I'm I'm not as fast of a reader as you are. And I want to take everything in, like if someone suggests something. So one of the books you suggested was the 12, is it called a 12 week year or something like that? 12 week. year. Yeah. 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 But I took it on an app called Blinkist, which is basically like book summaries, you know, which was, which is an awesome way for me to like intake a lot of material quickly. Right. Cause it's audio as well. So I can do a workout and listen to it. So I'm going to try to get those guys to be a sponsor on the show. I think I keep talking about them. So thanks for that tip. Love that book. You have, speaking of that, do you have any productivity hacks? Or anything with your routine that you think is like unique to you that you can share, or any apps that you use, or anything like that.
1: I will say my biggest productivity hack is that multitasking is absolutely the biggest fraud in the world. Oh when thank I, what God, I God you
0: said time... that! Thank God you said. I thought you were going to say be a great multitasker, and I was like, I hate. I... No, what a scam! No.
1: <laughs> it is. I remember especially early on, Ken. I was everything, and I had to do everything for the business. And I kind of take the stance that. When you multitask, you end up just kind of half-assing everything. And I don't think that any doesn't mean somebody's smarter or less capable. At some point, you get fizzled out It's too much. So I think that being really intentional with whatever you're doing and only doing that thing is a game changer. Absolutely. You get more done. The productivity is better. One thing, too, when I first started out, clients kind of had access to me all the time. Clients had my cell phone. Clients could call me at night. And... Me wanting to serve, I did that and it fizzled me out really, really quick. So, one thing I do now, I operate on Calendly and I literally have, I think, 30 hours a week that I dedicate to clients. All I ask is that you just book with me. Right. And that right there was a game changer.
0: And it's always been, I mean, that. It's actually, as a client, it's easier too, because I know I'm just like, oh, it's easy to book. I know you'll be there. We don't have to have a bunch of email back and forth, you know, or me chasing you down or worrying about if I'm bothering you or whatever. No, I think that's so key. And I operate the same way. I operate in blocks. I think people misunderstand when they say like, oh, I have an open door policy or I need to be flexible because of my clients. And I'm like, Look, being flexible and having an open door policy and all of those things doesn't mean that everybody else dictates what you do 24 seven. You'll never get ahead that way, right? Like open door policy is like, of course, you know, if you work for me, I want to know what you're thinking. I want to see you. Here's the time when I'm available next, right? It's going to be Friday between one and three, you know, like book into that time and you start owning your schedule. And the other thing about multitasking just for our audience, it doesn't mean you can't do multiple things. You obviously, Sarah, wear multiple hats. I wear multiple hats. I think what it means is don't try to do them all at the same time, or you're not going to do any of them correct, right? So when I have a block, it's like, okay, this is a block where I'm working on this particular job for this client, and this is what the outcome is. And I'm not trying to do a bunch of things and I'm not taking calls and I'm not answering emails. I'm just going to focus on that thing. I look at it almost like airplane mode. Like when I go on with a client or with a task or a project, I'm in airplane mode, like nothing else can bother me.
1: Absolutely. Completely agree.
0: Yeah. Well, cool. We're coming towards the end. I'm just going to give you a few personal questions. If you could be remembered for one thing, Sarah, what would it be?
1: This one's easy for me, just my love of people and my love of Christ, that my faith is very important to me. And I I feel like we're all here for a purpose and to serve. And just that I served and and that I love.
0: Very cool. Can you tell me about two or three of the most influential people in your life and how they've impacted you?
1: Oh, man, that's a hard one. Obviously, Jesus Christ. I mean, for sure, I am very open about my faith and very strong in my faith. I would say my father, we grew up very low on the middle class era. My, my my father was a construction worker and my mother cleaned houses. And we were, obviously, we struggled with money, but I will say that I've never met anybody that outworked my dad. He was, I don't want to cry either, but he was the mm. hardest worker I've ever met. And that really was impactful for me seeing him do that like our entire life. So, I think that I get my drive and my hard work. That's what I always say. I get that from my father. And I always say I get my stubbornness from my mother.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, those two things can be really good. I mean, as you're talking about them, I'm thinking about the the moment where you you know we're gonna go get your master's degree and where you had to work and where you had to support you and your daughter and I mean that's where all that stuff comes in right is uh, yeah so cool. Well are there any books I know you recommended a couple last time you talked maybe you could you and I talked but maybe you could share those with our audience any books or podcasts or anything else that you're listening or reading right now that you could recommend sure. to our audience?
1: So I will tell you what I kind of do. And I, I feel I am a big reader. I really do feel that readers are leaders. Um, I remember when I met my husband, we had so many books that were the same. It's like we instantly knew we had to marry each other. It was like, I'm a, I am love to read. But there's a couple of books that I tend to almost try to read annually that they're so good. I always will buy a brand new copy so I can do fresh highlighting a note. One of them is Napoleon Hill's Think and Grow Rich. Absolutely Even though it's so classic and some of the writing is outdated, absolutely, it's probably the most powerful book I've read. The one thing, and I can't remember the author of that. It's like white with black letters. There's one called the Twelve Week Year. There is one called the Perfect Day Formula, and anything by. And I'm going to butcher his last name. It's Mm -hmm. two books. One of them's called Pumpkin Plan, and one is called Clockwork. It's by the same author that wrote Profit First. It's Mike something, and his last name starts with an M. But he's an extremely witty writer. He's very funny. And it, those books are game changers. So Pumpkin Plan teaches you how to kind of niche down and find how to find your sweet spot in business. And Clockwork kind of teaches you how to automate your business in the sense that you can grow faster and more efficient. Phenomenal, phenomenal books.
0: Every book you've ever given me to read has been great. So thank you so much. I'm sure those are going to be awesome. I'm going to check them out. Like I said, I just listened to the 12 week year, at least on a cheater format, but but got the gist of it. Yeah. Sarah, it's uh, your website is Sarah, S A R A H Jones CPA.com. Is that right? Sarah Jones CPA.com. That is it. Okay. And so that's how people can find you guys. Sarah is. We don't bring people on to advertise, but Sarah, again, has just been like an addition to our team. And whether you use Sarah or someone else, I encourage you, particularly if you're in business, to start getting into tax strategy, tax planning, and not just doing your taxes. It's been Uh, not only a game changer in what the financial return and ROI has been and all of that, but Sarah, it's really helped me clarify like where we're going financially, which has just been amazing. So thank you for everything that you do. Thanks for coming on the show today. I really, really appreciate it. And uh, just great to see you.
1: Yeah, you too. Thanks so much for having me.
0: You got it. Everyone, thanks so much for joining us for another edition of the Leaders Lab podcast. We'll see you again next Tuesday. Take care.